You should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. There's an intensity to what we're trying to accomplish, and um, you know, if you want to be truly great, you've got to bring it every day. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. You blitz all night! Standing out is a long-term strategy that takes guts and produces results. If you care enough about your work to be willing to be criticized for it, then you have done a good day's work. Welcome back for another episode of House of Wolves with Jonathan and Jennifer. Glad you guys decided to press play one more time. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. I look uh, super tired. I feel like normal. Like, I always feel like I'm tired to some extent. Mm -hmm. I feel like normal tired. I don't feel like super tired. I feel like I look super tired. Maybe should we adjust the lighting? <laughs> no, this is real. This is why we uh, didn't edit out my sneeze for the first one. Sorry. It's not because we're lazy. It's because there's a lot going on, but also I feel like we could just be genuine. It's not like we're scripted or we pregame before these talks. We basically, the most pregaming we do, you'll probably be surprised, shocked, yeah. actually. I don't think so. Is that uh, we talk about just like the topic, like uh, what topic do you want to talk about this time? And then we'll say something like um, really spicy food. And then Jen will be like, no, that's not a good topic. And then we'll throw out something else. Yeah, I don't, who was, never mind. It's not a foodie episode slash the spicy food episode would be quite short because it would just be you talking about you just like flavor and spice and you like to suffer and I like balance and don't like my mouth to burn. So that would be that. But I think today we're going to talk about routine and kind of like what goes into a good routine and then kind of give you an idea of what our routine looks like, both working from home, both mm -hmm. working on the publishing company and the production company and the podcasting. Mm -hmm. book signing events and mm -hmm. conferences and speaking events how mm -hmm. all that works mm -hmm. now i know why you're tired yeah <laughs> <laughs> always drinking an energy drink too oh. but like uh, one of the healthier ones so here this is something we can talk about routine so usually routine as i try to limit myself to two servings of caffeine a day sometimes less than that sometimes more depending on how much sleep i am or i'm not getting i was just talking to jen how caffeine kind of reminds me of liquid sleep it is not liquid sleep. So if I'm not getting enough, then there's like this magic elixir called caffeine. And it's just like takes the place of sleep. It does not do that. Let's go ahead and make sure that any listeners here who attempt to do that, that is a bad idea. That is inaccurate. Uh, you're, there's only so much rest and energy your body can have. You just can't manifest it out of a can like that. Uh, you need some good vitamins and nothing takes the place of healthy hours of sleep. So... That being said, how sleep is an important part of routine, um, Jonathan is really good at being consistent with protecting his sleep time. And that is he sleeps between typically 9 p.m., if he can make it that late, and 5 a.m. So even our daughter knows that he likes to set his, tells Siri or the other bot to set the timer to 5 a.m. to Old Town Road. Yeah, for a long time, because you can set your alarm to wake you up with a song if you want to. So for a long time, I was listening to Old Town Road. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but if I find a song that I really like, and it doesn't even have to have words, it could just be a beat, I can just play that beat in the background while I'm writing a story. It's kind of like white noise. I feel like I almost 
if it has a good rhythm to it, my words can flow with the beats. Like I get into like a rhythm where the words are coming and the beats coming too. There's actually scientific and how it goes with the uh, wavelength megahertz um, and beats per minute of your body's rhythm. Um, there's a radio station that's called Brain FM that will do that. Um, they have different stations depending on what you're doing. If you're like in a flow state, are you creative? Are you focused like you're studying? Um, and it'll create those kinds of songs, um, instrumental um, to, to meet your brain's flow state. And there's a term for it too. I can't think of the term, mm -hmm. but there's also a term of the, the way that the music interacts with your brain and you're able to work at a certain pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you set your, the song or you used to. Right. So usually typically my day looks like I'm up at 5am. And again, remember, this is just like a typical day. Uh, we have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. So if somebody's having a nightmare, if somebody's sick, if somebody's going to the bathroom and then they can't go back to bed, if somebody's cold at night, if somebody is uh, a child and having typical child calling out sleep interruptions. Right. Yes. So I don't want everybody to think like, oh, this is what he does every single day. Like I'm human too. So if I'm up at night with small beans, uh, I'm probably not going to be able to hit that 5 a.m. Right. And you know, one thing that's kind of important that we should talk about too is disciplined. And am I able to be up at night with children and then also wake up at 5 a.m.? Yes. I can do it. I've done it before, but I always have to kind of gauge myself and what's left for my family after I'm done doing that. So I always kind of think like, okay, uh, what's like the cost benefit of me waking up at 5 a.m. if I haven't slept? That means by, you know, 1 or 2 p.m. that day with no sleep, I'm not going to be my best self for my family. So on those nights that I am up late with uh, children, I will allow myself to sleep in not because I don't think I could wake up because I could, but because I want to make sure that I'm there and present for my family on the back end of that. So 5 a.m. normally wake up. I'm normally working from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I'll get my workout in there as well. I try to work out five times a week. Uh, one time boxing at the gym, two times personal training, mm -hmm. and then two times on my own. So in another lifetime, it feels like another lifetime, I quit my job, sales and management, and then while the writing career was taken off, I personal trained at 24-Hour Fitness for a number of years. When books took off, I was able to leave 24-Hour uh, Fitness, and a handful of clients came with me, and I kind of just trained them on the side. Fast forward to today, I have one client who still uh, works with me, and we've become more like friends now mm. than clients or anything else. Like, we have him over to the house, and he was on set when we were shooting our TV show and helping us out. So I personally, we still train together. So twice a week, once boxing and then twice on my own. Right. Uh, and then as far as writing goes, I've heard some talk against this. Like I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but it works for me because I've heard from different people in the industry, like top level performers that you're supposed to get the hard things done first or the, the bigger things done first. Yeah, so you know that the frog. I don't know what kind of witchcraft you're into. No, no, no. That's like the same. That anyone has seen, not in this like, podcast. No, that that's kind of what it's called. Is like Sorceress. do the whole, the hard things first. And, you know, no one wants to you know, eat the frog. Um, I don't think you have your is to do correct. that. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, to do, to do the thing you don't want to do first. 
so, uh, so yeah, so, so I've heard that um, advice be given out a lot, but actually that does not work for me. Like I do the exact opposite. So I feel like when I first hit the uh, keyboard in the morning, I wake up at five, I have a routine of drinking water, brushing my teeth. So maybe like 5.15, I'm actually doing work. And I go through like emails, messages, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have a group on Facebook called Jonathan Yanya's Reading Wolves and we call them the pack. So if I have something to post there, I'll do that early in the morning so people can see it. And they get all the little things done first. Mm -hmm. And I feel that almost a frees up mental space for me. Like I don't have to remember, okay, I got to do X, Y, and Z. And I almost feel like there's a snowball effect where I can get this done and then this done and this done. And then all that snowball effect, all those little things are done. I don't have to think about them. And the last thing for the day is writing. And usually whether I'm writing, so if I'm writing a novel, I'll do 4,000 words a day, Monday through Saturday is kind of my work week. And I take Sundays off. Mm -hmm. So 4,000 words a day sounds kind of daunting, but it's not that bad when you break it up, like eating the frog. What's that old saying, Jen? One bite at a time? That's an elephant. Oh, okay. There's only one way to eat an elephant, and that is one bite at a time. Are you sure? Yeah, Jonathan. So I do a thousand words in about a 20 to 30 minute sprint. So like that 20, 30 minutes, I'm just writing. There's no Facebook, no Instagram, no distractions. Just get out a thousand words. I can do that in about 20, 30 minutes. Then I get up and I go to the restroom or go feed the dogs or if the family's up and about, then I go see what the family's doing and hang out. And then I'll come back and do another sprint. Now, if I can get four of those done a day, that's 4,000 words for the day. And then I'm done. Uh, if I'm writing a script, it's, I do 16 pages of a script a day mm -hmm. and I do it in, again, hitting those four sprints. And each one of those four sprints is four pages of the script. So I can get 16 pages of a script written in a day. And this is all comfortably, like it's challenging enough where I'm tired afterwards, but it's not so challenging where I can't wake up the next day and do it again. Like it's sustainable for me year after year. Do you hear about people who just get crazy and they either are like too comfortable and not pushing themselves or they kind of don't pace and then they get to a deadline and they got to crank out like 2,000 words in two days. Or I guess it doesn't seem that bad, but like a day or something like that. Yeah. Or 10,000 words in multiple days in a row. Right. I know a lot of authors who can outwork me in the short term, but I don't know a lot of writers who can consistently outwork me. Like I hear a lot of stories of people going, you know, oh, I wrote 10,000 words this day. I wrote 21,000 words this day. And then they take like a month off because they burn themselves out. Is it about outworking another author or maintaining your own race? Like we tell Joe, is it as important to be as good as the other kid or to be better than you were yesterday? The Rock says best. he's the hardest worker in the room. Mm -hmm. So two. So both. So both. So right? yeah. Do better than you did. Than you did. I'm not comparing. If you're trying to say. To call me out to say like I'm comparing myself to I other people. I wouldn't do that. I'm not comparing myself <laughs> to anybody. I'm just saying that there are authors who can write, you know, really fast. And it is impressive. But I feel like what's more impressive is consistency. Mm -hmm. So for any aspiring writers out there, find what level of word count works for you. So if it's only like 100 words a day, but you could do it consistently, I would say that would be better than like, you know, thousand words a day. And then you feel like super exhausted and you can't write the next day. Like find a pace where you can be consistent. And I almost feel like every day when that alarm goes off at 5 a.m., 
it's like the start of a new bell if you're in a boxer in the ring it's like ding ding time to get up and go again ding ding time to go up and go again got it it's kind of like on you how many times you can keep on getting up and answering that bell how long does it take you to get to that point from when you started writing 11 10 years ago Oh, I think when I first started writing my first book, I could remember days that I was doing 10,000 words and I, I, I understood that that wasn't sustainable mm. for me. Like I wasn't going to be able to carry that in day after day. Okay. So it took me a number of years. I don't remember when. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when I started waking up at 5 a.m. when we enacted this? Uh, you started waking up at 5 a.m. after I came home because before that. So 2018? Yeah. So end of 2018. Yeah, because before that you'd sleep in because you had Joe. Right. So maybe for the last four years, yeah, I've been doing this, but I'm, I've been writing for the last like 10, but this specific routine that we're talking about, I've been doing it for about four years. And it's funny because authors or people who don't know me that well, early on, they would say like, oh, you're going to burn out. And how many days are you writing a week? You're writing six days a week. Oh, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And then year after year after year has come and gone. And then they stopped telling me. I'm and then burn they're out. all like, you don't know me. Yeah. You don't <laughs> exactly. know me. And I was like, maybe the whole time I was like, maybe. Yeah, maybe let's uh, talk about a couple of places, um, other places we've heard about this consistency change. So I think one of them um, people may be familiar with is Jerry Seinfeld talking about honing his craft and telling jokes every day and working on new jokes every day. And what he called it was a chain because he would make an X mark on his calendar for every day that he had practiced his craft. And when you look at all of those X's together, as you go through the days in the calendar, it would make a chain. Um, another one, um, you know, is Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, uh, being consistent to get your 10,000 hours in. Um, and he's talking about 10,000 hours to be a master at your craft. Right. That's good. But in order to get that 10,000 hours, if you don't have these, you know, huge chunks of time or it's not quality that you're able to put in, it's maybe more important to be consistent with it. And I don't know, there's no science behind what I'm about to say. There so take this with a grain of salt. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you the science. Go ahead. Uh, I just heard somewhere on the interwebs that it's 10,000 hours to be a master at your craft. So that's Malcolm Gladwell, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then I heard 20,000 hours to become a legend. So I figured maybe somebody just added that, that on, but it sounds cool. No, I did not like, make that up. I read it definitely somewhere. on some buy <laughs> stock from me Instagram account. So. Maybe, but it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does. sounds good. Um, so, okay. So back to the routine. So yes. we're at uh, five to one. That's what I do. Uh, and then at one o'clock, we kind of switch gears. So then this whole time, Jen's with the kids and they're, uh, she's going through their homeschool routine. They're going like swimming. They're going out to um, play dates and karate comes later on. Nature we group. We talk about that nature group. Ice. But at one o'clock is usually I put the little prince down to sleep for his nap. Mm -hmm. And then I'm on duty with Joe Beans from two till about, from one till about five. five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, that's when I get my work in. That's when I work out. And then at five o'clock, I start dinner. 445, 5 o'clock, and the kids come into the kitchen and help a little bit, make their own concoctions, and then we have dinner. Um, after dinner, clean up, get ready for bed, and the kids are down by 7.15. We're brush teeth and having bedtime stories, and by 7.45, it's lights out. And uh, then we start, you know, the whole bedtime actually going to sleep routine. 
<laughs> so and then like, after the kids are asleep, you know, and quiet and settled by eight. So between eight and 10, I'll get in a couple more hours of work. Uh, and I think too, so just to be clear, when Jen stops working and her workout, like usually like around five, then it's like family time. Mm -hmm. Let's hang out, let's talk, grab dinner. Sometimes we'll play a game. Sometimes we'll watch a show. And from about five until like what you were saying, seven, 745 mm -hmm. when you're actually in bed. Mm -hmm. And then then begins the insanity. No, you know, most nights it's fine. But I think what's key to point out is like- uh, Joe's doing better. There's not a bunch of time for like, binging shows you won't hear too often we're like out and seeing all these things we're like very protective of our of our calendar what we're committed to uh making sure that we have the capacity to be consistent with those things but also build in that downtime because uh, you know life can get really frenetic and i think a lot of people might miss that in the whole routine thing and think that a routine just means like have a really busy schedule but stick to it but routine really for the whole family for the children as well as well for ourselves is like we need that time to process the day and the week's experience we need time to have feelings about what transpired we need time to um have some boredom like in our minds to think and that you know it's what neil gaiman says if you want to be a great reader writer be, get bored let your mind wander um and it's hard to do that when you're zooming off to this meeting and this play date and this extracurricular activity and this concert and this girl's night and you know this dude's night so do you love a girl girl's night though you yeah, know me yeah so uh yeah never mind so anyway uh yeah so i think that is something you'll notice might be absent from the routine of like, oh, and then we binge watch our show at night. Like, nope, we have a little bit of time to talk and um, everybody gets some sleep and uh, do it again the next day. And in those routines build up. It's just like no one's going to learn all the moves that they need to for karate to move up in their belt. They have to hone those skills and show up regularly and to be taught and uh, mastered by their sensei. So two things one jennifer is sitting down right now so if anybody thinks that she's super short in real life and i'm super tall <laughs> we should probably point that out she's sitting sure. down I'm standing people up. on audio could care less oh yes you can care less couldn't care less. But if you're watching on youtube you know what i'm talking about okay and then the second thing is totally agree where we have to be like with our free time with our downtime like besides there are unicorn moments i call i refer to them as unicorn moments in my life when maybe Jen's out with the kids, uh, maybe like at karate. Well, Jackson doesn't go to karate mm -hmm. yet. So you'd have to be like maybe at swim or maybe at like running an errand or something. And I finished everything that I needed to do for the day as far as work. And those days come few and far between, but they do happen. And I've had to get better about uh, instead of looking at this opportunity like, hey, there's, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, maybe that they're going to be gone. I could get more work in mm. instead using that time just to do something for me, whether it means, you know, like playing video games. Um, a bubble not, bath? No, a bubble <laughs> bath. I do like a good bubble bath. Jen's saying that because uh, every once in a while, she'll take the kids to go visit her mom for a few days. <laughs> and she'll be like, oh, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I ran myself a bath with a <laughs> glass of Earl Grey. No, you're, we don't have Earl Grey. But I, uh, that's a tea though, right? It is. It's a tea. I don't usually drink tea. I drink a lot of <laughs> coffee. Um, but yeah, so just finding moments for yourself, I think, is super important. Again, they don't happen. They're not going to happen every day, but every once in a while. And then what Jen was saying, even like with what we consume, 
I think almost we have to be super careful with what kind of content we could consume because that time is so valuable. Like I feel like if I haven't been able to sit down and watch a show or a movie, I really want to watch maybe like, I don't know, in a week and I sit down, like I need to make the most of this time. I want to watch something good. Like, <laughs> because who knows when I'm going to get another chance. Right. I want to watch like Cobra Kai or I want to watch uh, like a really good superhero you really like movie Reacher. or TV show. Yeah. Or Jack Reacher, something like that. Um, and I think it's kind of, taught us to guard our time wisely so it's not like i could just sit down and i'm just gonna you know binge a trashy show there's no time for that there's zero time for that unless you love trashy shows like if someone really loves trashy shows oh if that's what does it for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah i wasn't using trash as far as like a genre i was using trash as like it's bad okay like a bad show that you okay like. there you go yeah yeah i don't want to settle like, hey it gets good in episode five. Oh man that's a whole other thing <laughs> <laughs> Because there's no time, like there's zero time to watch shows, right? So when you do get any sort of time, like I'll give you an idea. I was watching. Don't say what it was. A movie the other day and okay. it took me three sit downs to be able to work through the whole movie because inevitably I need to go to bed to wake up at 5 a.m. Or, you know, I have half an hour here, but then I need to be on duty for the kids. So you can kind of get an idea of how many sessions and sit downs like this time is so valuable. I want to make sure I'm filling myself with some really good content and not just settling. But to your point, what you were saying before, I've had people tell me like, oh, you really need to check out this show. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it gets really good in episode five. And I'm like, what? <laughs> episode five? I need it to be good like minute one. I only have maybe like 30 minutes to watch any tour of the show. Like it needs to be good now, not episode five. Yeah. So on that note, actually, two things. One is. And I'll share it because I think it's really good. Someone talked about if all of our time was equated to cents, every minute was a penny. And you knew that like all the time you're spending would equate to dollars because people started to value money more than time. But I think, and that's what Jonathan always says to people is like, it's not money our greatest resource. We'll give that away, work for more. Like, yes, we need it, but it is not the most precious resource time is and then once you get past that because time is limited you can't make more time yet we can't go back in time we can't get time back and focus time is even more limited that is like the creme de la creme that is like the top level kona coffee premium of all the coffees um is is your focus time your ability to have attention i don't know how many times you know you're like i'm zoning out well that's not quality time so if we were to look at that and say, like, where are we spending our time? And be like, I just spent, you know, $20 on that interaction. Would that be a good investment of my $20? Um, whatever it is. Okay, you binge watch an entire eight episode show. Dude, that's a lot of money, time money. Like, uh, is it worth it? Cool. If you got that to spare, if you got nothing but time to spare, by all means. But, you know, just when we look at it with that perspective, we might filter what we're doing with our time a little more. This has really changed from like time and routine a little bit there. So going back to that, do you feel like it's like too full since you have such limited capacity? Like, should you get some to cancel the podcast and get <laughs> some more time to watch your shows or what? Uh, well, going back first to what you're saying about time and focus, I don't think time is our most valuable uh, resource. Right or money. It's definitely focus. Because mm -hmm. I could be hanging out with uh, my daughter, 
but I could just be like scrolling mindlessly through my phone. So is that time with her really valuable? Not really. But if I have put my phone down and I'm focused with her and we're doing like origami or playing Legos or making something, I'm reading her a book and we're building memories, then she has my focus. So I think focus is way more valuable. And for the writer, it's the same thing, right? Like you could sit down and technically be working at your computer, air quotes for people who can't see, people. air quotes, <laughs> working. You could be working at your computer, but if you're not focused, that could be, you know, like all of a sudden you're on Facebook or all of a sudden you're on Instagram. You're reading articles going down black holes about, you know, that the Titanic, there's no bodies. I and that wasn't a black hole, that was research. No, was I'm research. saying it's good. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm using this as a good example yeah. of stuff that's interesting. But if you're supposed to be writing, then that's not focused work. Yeah, Focus working. We should talk about that Titanic thing. It's super sure. We'll have an episode of random interesting facts. Random interesting facts. So Jennifer found this, so all the credit to her. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. I don't care. Uh the Titanic, there's no bodies. How crazy is that? There's because no there bodies like found 15, at the Titanic. There were like fifteen or sixteen thousand people crew and passengers they were able to recover like 253 and return those back to give them a proper burial then there was like another 150 or something to that amount that they found but they were so mangled they couldn't take them back so they buried them at sea everybody else was never recovered didn't you say there's something like 1200 bodies that mm -hmm. were never recovered like that math may not add up but we're talking just round numbers estimations right. yes there was some there's over a thousand person's bodies missing like gone like not recovered isn't that nuts so the author in me is like man what happened to those bodies they're not there so a little science fiction so I, yeah so it was in 85 they discovered we said we're gonna do a separate thing on this but anyway they, <laughs> okay. i'm sorry we will tangential uh but yeah so they weren't fully fully recovered they find evidence of them with shoes um and some leather jacket leather tends to do well underwater but also um, just sea life and currents. So currents could have washed them some, you know, 50 miles away. Or somebody took the bodies. Or Neymar took them all to Aquaman. Aqu those are two. Nope, we're going to fight now. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, you were talking about routine. Yes. Intentional time. Got to reel us back in here. Right. Nah, I think I'm pretty much done. I was just saying about, you know, waking up at five, handing you the torch at one, family time about five. Kids are in bed around 7.45, and then I'm in bed like an hour after that. So mm -hmm. we have maybe like an hour just like to hang out and talk. And I feel like most of our business time is like throughout the day when we have decisions or things need to get done. I try not to give Jen too much, not that she couldn't handle it, because I, but I know she has a lot going on. Plus, in the mornings, if I wake up at 5, that means I'm already like highly caffeinated and ready to go, like getting things done, just like slaying word counts, murdering people with mm -hmm. kindness. And then Jen wakes up at like at eight and I'm just all of a sudden like, Bleh. like this is everything that's going on today. I need this, this is this and this. And I'm like, get out, get out. So I've been trying to I murder more. you with murder. <laughs> so I've been trying to be more aware of like, you know, uh, in our discord server, just giving her like one thing, like, Hey, today it's most important. Would you be able to do, get this cover going or something like that? And by murdering people with kindness, the, what I mean is, as you can imagine, being an author, being any sort of creator and putting your work out there, there's going to be mostly, and I would say mostly people are great. Like most of the reviews I get, people are super kind, but there are always going to be those comments or reviews or like on our Facebook ads, people leaving comments uh, that aren't so kind and uh, throwing sticks and stones at me to hurt my feelings. 
And what I mean by, you know, the saying, kill them with kindness. So I just kind of think like I'm slaughtering people with kindness, just mangling their corpses with kindness. Okay, there. Okay. They'll, okay, Titanic. <laughs> they'll say uh, stuff that's super mean. I'll be like, hey, thank you so much for leaving a comment. I really appreciate you took the time out of your day. And most of the time, they don't know what to say, right? Because they said something super horrible to me. And I'm just like super kind back. And that's usually where it goes. They don't say anything. They don't know how to respond. But every once in a while, I'll get people saying like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I was having a bad day. Aww. I didn't really mean that. I'm going to go check out your books. Or I've had other people. So somebody's really mean that I'm really nice. And other people see that interaction. I've had other people say like, hey, I'm actually going to go check out your books now and help support you because of the way that you handled this conversation. Oh, that's interesting. And in my mind, I'm having a good time because I think it's funny. It's always like, uh, oh, I hate your work. You're horrible. There's better stuff out there to read. I'm just like, oh. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for leaving a comment. To, that you would take the time out of your day to leave a comment like that means so much. Merry Christmas. And to me, I think it's funny. I'm having a good time like responding to these people and they don't know what to say back. So I feel like it's a win-win. Is that part of your routine to go in in the morning and uh, yeah, it, heap, heaping coals on of, of love on your haters? Yeah, because we have, uh, uh, Jen runs all our uh, ads, whether they be Amazon or Facebook. But I can go in there once like a Facebook ad is up. And I see people leaving comments. If there's, I try to respond to everybody, whether they're kind or they're not so kind. So I respond. And again, like, I don't think I've ever argued with anybody, actually. They'll be like super mean and I'll be super nice. And then it'll just be like nothing. Or they'll be super mean, I'll be super nice. And then somebody else will get involved, mm -hmm. but be like supported. Because I feel like, I mean, I don't know what these people are going through. I don't know who they are. They could be having a, just a really bad day. Maybe that's not them at all. Maybe they just need to take out whatever happened to them on the interwebs. So it doesn't hurt my feelings. I've heard a quote a while ago that says, if you wouldn't take advice from somebody, why would you take criticism from that person? I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know these people at all. Why would I take anything they say to heart? It's not like I would take advice from these people I don't know. So why would I even waste any time thinking about it? Okay. I think over the years, I've just um, formed kind of like dragon plated armor around me where I can't touch me like their enough. words don't mean anything unless I give them value so I get to decide if I take those words to heart or not and I decide no you shall not pass <laughs> my schedule does not begin at 5 a.m because I put the kids down uh Jonathan you usually go to bed before the kids are fully asleep mostly our two-year-old um, and if the children need anything during the night, barring any more extreme circumstances, I will be the one to get up with them and tuck them back in and whatnot. Um, and again, cause I'm working a little bit later. So, uh, I don't get up until like seven fifteen, seven thirty, And then I have my quiet time in the morning. And then I usually make my exit from the room to join the family between seven forty-five and eight. And then from there we start our school day. Um, we make sure everyone's done getting dressed for the day. Uh, low maintenance self. So I'll get ready real quick with the kids. And then we're starting school by nine o'clock. We're done by lunchtime, 1130. Lunch is ready. And then we clean up. Maybe we'll do some like poetry or reading during lunchtime or maybe a little activity. And then that's when Jonathan uh, around 1231 o'clock will put Jackson down for his nap. And then Josephine and I will do another activity and then I'll start um, my work. And so you know, being consistent. One of the goals that I had, I think it was last year, was to uh, close the ring, the fitness ring on my watch, three 
I think it was at least three times a week. And I was pretty surprised by how quickly I was able to achieve that goal um, and create that routine for myself by blocking out time to work out. So just like fitting it in, it is part of the routine. Um, because, you know, as everyone knows, having you know, fitness is not about just looking good. It's about feeling good and performing better. I have more energy so I can do all the things. I have better clarity of mind so I can plan and anticipate and prepare and be present. Um, and it's really good for me just knowing my own circadian rhythm style um, to work out later in the day because then I get that extra boost of endorphins and all like those really good chemicals uh, to keep me re-energized for that last leg of the day. Maybe you can explain to people what you meant by circadian rhythm. Sure. By people, I mean me. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, like our bodies operate um, based on, on a cycle of sleep and awakeness. And so, um, uh, you know, it used to be very simple. We would get tired. It would get dark. It'd be the end of the day. There would be not much light and it would get cooler. And so our bodies would naturally begin to produce melatonin, would help us transition into sleep and then wake up. And then throughout the day, we have like our own daytime cycle. Um, and there's different points where we're, where we're re-energize our blood sugar levels, um, amount of sunlight we've gotten and movement and air and oxygen to the brain. Um, and that kind of helps boost us. And then again, we go through that evening downtime and that's like the whole thing with blue light and making sure you get some sunshine when you wake up because then it wakens you up better to have coffee a couple hours after you wake up as opposed to when you first wake up you know things are different now because we have we're I think I said this last time we're in the 21st century so we can have artificial light we're not only waking up and restricted to working and moving about the um, country when you know depending on the sun Jonathan, it's still quite dark now when you're up, right? I don't know. What does this 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. window look like? I'm guessing it's still pretty dark, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. you don't have the sun to wake you up. I guess we can install some red light in here for some like infrared therapy. But I don't really need red light. I feel like the fire that burns with me isn't enough. All right. Wake up at you. 5 a.m. I'm good to go. Good for you. I feel uh, a sense of responsibility. I know that not everybody gets to do what they love for a living. So when 5 a.m. goes up and I get to write, it's not like I have to write. It's like I get to write. Mm -hmm. And now these last couple of years writing scripts now as well as novels. It's fun. I look forward to working because I, I almost feel like we're on an adventure, like on this grand adventure. And who knows what's going to happen each day? Like get a call from uh, we have an agent now. So we get a call from an agent saying maybe something happened. Maybe we're going to get an email from like this director or producer that we've been working on a project with. Like who knows? So it's fun. Yeah. Uh, but I think that also goes to like 5 a.m. You are up. You can have a conversation. You're good to go. 8.30, you're asleep before your head hits the pillow, right? You're like out. There's no transition. Oh, I need to think about sleep and shed the day's worries and work through eight conversations that I had and how they could have gone differently. Like you are out like a light. Yeah, when I fall asleep, <laughs> uh, there's not too much debate going on with the Sandman. He comes and carries me like a little baby in his arms and I'm just out just drooling and I'm not even pretending I'm just drooling from the corner of my mouth until I wake up until uh, the alarm goes off at 5 a.m mm -hmm. so each day I try to I think of myself as a sponge I'm just a sponge and each day I'm just trying to wring myself bone dry and give the day all I have whether it's like 
boxing or riding or hanging out with the family or having conversations with whoever I might have meetings with. Give it all, put it all out. So at the end of the day, I have like nothing left to give. I am tapped out. I always think if I go to bed and I have energy left, how hard did I really work that day? Mm-hmm. So does that go back to like that whole comfortable people want to be comfortable <clears throat> at the end of the day? I think that's key because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm so tired. Like it's a bad thing. I think getting tired at the end of the day means you've used up all the gas you've had for that day's journey and you go to sleep and your brain and body get recharged and you get up and you're given enough energy to do it again for one more day and to give all you've got. I feel like we would be doing ourselves a disservice to withhold some of that. And, and, and but I don't mean like our glorious purpose would be missed, but I think there's a lot of life to be lived in those hours that are waking hours. And if we're withholding, um, we're just withholding from ourselves and our legacy of our children and the quality of life and experiences that they could be having as well. And memories, like you were saying, memories with Josephine and um, reading her unicorn school books. <laughs> yeah. And I also think too, like we're on a path now with what we're trying to accomplish. I think we wanted to talk about a little bit about goals as well, right? Eh. So talking about goals. So if we're on this path and we're doing things we want to accomplish, like do it with passion or don't do it at all. Like what's the point of going halfway if you don't plan on going all the way? So whether it's writing a novel or working on a script or kicking off podcasts or um, talking about TV shows and what movie might be coming next, it's like, hey, like let's get on this and let's work with an intensity to get this done. I'm not just going to like go and like, okay, well, you know, today uh, maybe something's going to happen. Like, no, you have to have the mentality that you're going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think it happens by accident. No, no, you got to be intense about it. And I think what Jen was saying earlier um, about being goal oriented, talking about goals. Mm-hmm. For me, actually, this would be interesting. I think I have an idea of what you do, but I know for me, for goals I set for myself each year, I come up with five new things that I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could be like early on. I wanted, I really wanted to see my book on a shelf. I thought it'd be really cool if I could see one of my novels on a bookshelf. Early on, I wanted to be on a panel. I was like, oh man, if I could be on a panel with other authors, then I, you know, that means something. I wanted to do a book signing. Ah, if I could just get invited to do like a book signing, like that meant something. So as the years pass and those things get checked off, the the goal here is that you continue to raise that bar for yourself and you never stay complacent. So now past things that I wanted is like, oh, I really wanted to do like foreign rights. So now we have our books in the foreign marketplaces. We have audiobooks, And for this year now, we've already done our TV show. So kind of like what, what does 2023 look like for us now? The podcast was one of the things that we wanted to do. We mm-hmm. haven't gotten to the podcast uh, realm until now. Mm-hmm. So in 2023, I have five new goals that I want to set to see if I could hit. Uh, all revolving around like the publishing or production for that TV shows and movies. And do you think the same kind of mentality go after anything for personal? So, I mean, for you, your profession is personal, but for others, if they, you know, are in a job that's less. Oh yeah. You mean like, it doesn't have to be like work oriented. Yes. It could be, yeah, it could be fitness. It could be just a uh, personal growth, like in cooking. Like I don't have any sort of passion to cook. I can cook. And I think that I'm can, a good, can you? yeah, I think I'm a good cook. Okay. And I can cook. 
but I just choose not to because I'd rather spend my time like working out, which I really enjoy, or writing books really, really enjoy, hanging out with my family. I don't find that same comfort in cooking like Jennifer does for mm-hmm. that enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I do it more so I can get the food in my belly. <laughs> I don't do it because I enjoy the act of cooking. Okay. But for maybe for somebody out there, maybe their goal is like, hey, I would like to take a cooking class. So that could be something on your list for 2023. If or you do that five things that you want to do. Like, I want to figure out how to make Queen Amon, Anon, whatever it is. Bless you. Right. Those pastries we had. Remember? Queen yeah. It was Queen, like Queening, Queen Queen Stop. Queen Amon. Stop. So I'm saying what you're saying. Nope. Nope. We're saying the same stop. Thing. Not even close. <laughs> So, right, and it's a very delicate pastry with layers and butter and and layers. And, you know, perhaps they start with a croissant or they take a video and they break it down into steps because to sign up and take class is kind of like one and done. But if you have a routine where like every Sunday I am going to, you know, work my way up on the pastry making um, to get myself to that point. And then I'm going to start making it and trial and error until I nail it. And then once I nail it, I'm going to try different versions. Um, I think that would be something that plays into routines. Like you figure out something big that you want attainable and then you reverse engineer the steps to get there. And part of that goes into your routine. You don't just step into, I'm going to make a movie. I write, I'm going to make a connection. I'm going to query 50 something times. I'm going to query a hundred times. So that means I'm going to do 10 a day or two a day for this many days. Yeah. Um, it's like, how do you build the perfect brick wall? One brick at a time. How do Doesn't you, all happen at once. How right? do you eat an elephant and a frog? together in new orleans (laughs) you have to uh take steps and sometimes it's enough just to get back up and try not every day are you going are there going to be huge leaps of progress that you're going to be able to see but i think the magic is not giving up like i think it really a lot of it comes down to not not giving up like that's the name of the game just don't give up as long as you don't give up you will make it It might not happen as fast as you want. It might not happen in a year or two years or three. But if you don't give up, you will make it. Like we've seen that happen in books and being patient, you know, with like audio books and comic book um, contracts that we've signed with film now and the contacts. Just Mm -hmm. be patient and keep on showing up and things will happen. Nice. Uh, My goals setting process is similar and then how I achieve those is similar but I'm more visual. Um, I used to write it all out, but now I create it as my phone's wallpaper. So I'll make like a collage or what used to be like, you know, your inspiration uh, mood board. And um, I grab the images of the things that I want to achieve or that are reminders of those things that are important to me. And then I set that as my phone wallpaper. So I know, you know, I've written them out to know what they are, but having that visual with me, um, is, is good. And it's also a really good reminder in those times that I want to be tempted to pick up my phone to waste my time. And I see that and I'm like, nope, not today. Scrolling, doom scrolling. Not today, Satan. Not today, doom scrolling. Not today, distracted mom of, with crafts that don't do anything, but they're super cute. So um, yeah. And I think, yeah, building that into your schedule and it doesn't have to be at 5am. And I think 
that's what a lot of misconception might be for the miracle morning is that um, you have to come up and get up at five, 6 a.m. Everyone's like, get up an hour earlier. It's like, trim the fat from your schedule and fill it with those things that are going to be really um, advantageous. They're going to be, and it's not like you're going to be as tired because you're going to be doing things that like feed your fire so you can burn brighter and hotter and longer um, and, and just create that same routine. It's the same thing. Like, as I say, like, don't look at your phone in the morning. Don't get your brain started with looking at all these emotions and reactions that go through the morning, like a very happy, thankful robot human where you're, you're happy to be doing what you're doing, but you're not going to be deviated from what you've been called to do. It's kind of like, I've only got one match, but I can make an explosion. Is that just like that song? That song. Yeah. Just like that song. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I feel like we exactly should say goodbye song. now. <laughs> I feel like anybody maybe who hasn't read any of my work, if you just listen to hear me talk, I'm pretty, it's pretty close. Like I have to try not to act silly when I'm writing. And there's other series where I just like let it all go. Just like what, what comes easiest for me to write. I think action comedy comes easiest for me to write. It's like just my natural voice. I, think people are I have to work to be serious. Watch this thing be like, wait. How did anybody give this guy responsibility? Nobody did. I took it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gave me responsibility. I quit my job and just started writing. Okay. And then things started happening. Oh, man. Now, 10 years later, here we are. Okay. With a podcast, apparently. I hope somebody listens. <laughs> <laughs> eh, oh, well, it's cathartic for you and I. All right. Should we say goodbye? Yes. So, so. Um, yes. If you haven't subscribed or left a comment or liked, like, that's basically all we're asking for you to help support if you like this content why don't Um, you have them leave something in the comments a goal or a routine that they're working on right um yeah that sounds good to me so you can leave something in the comments we can start our little community supporting each other just like we did with the pack our group on facebook that's now about two thousand members deep and our newsletter started before that that's like 11,000 members deep. Mm. Your, like your author newsletter. Yes. This is all reading related. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let us know how we can help you. We can all encourage each other, stay positive. And yeah, I don't think that you lose. You only lose if you give up. So don't give up. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> <laughs>